right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. What happens is that uh, over a period of time, your vibration, you know, your vibration's dropping, you ingest an emotion. Now, where does the esoteric or off-planet element come in? Well, you can get attachments. And people say, well, I don't want to know about them. Well, they attach to you whether you want to know about it or not. There is no doubt that within the last nearly two years, the global population has suffered a collective blow on many levels, not the least of which is the steep rise in mental and emotional stress. No surprise. But what if that uptick was coming from an invisible force, a non-human force that although normally cannot be seen, is still managing to wreak havoc on the human psyche, all while hiding in plain sight? According to my guest, Christopher Macklin, this phenomenon is a lot more common than most people think. Christopher, well known for his work as an energy healer, medical intuitive, and what he refers to as a paranormal conduit, says that entity attachments may account for millions of ailments, including some physical illness. But if this is the case, though we don't normally recognize them, how do we begin the process of ridding them from our system, both individually and collectively? In this conversation, we dive deep into the esoteric realms of human stress and what's really behind it, as well as look at ways to recognize and then erase this pervasive intrusion to reclaim our health and well-being at all levels. Mr. Christopher Macklin, first-time guest to Higher Journeys. I am so honored to finally meet you, and I want to. I'm going to give a shout out right now to Donna Schumann. Thank you, Donna, for putting us together. Christopher, yay, welcome. Donna. Yay, oh, Donna. Thanks, yay, Donna. Yay, Alexis. Thanks for having me on. It's absolutely oh, delight. It's a delight. You're and a guys, delight. Bless your heart. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And look at this beautiful. What is this? What kind of silk is it, Christopher? That oh, you're wearing. Silk, yeah. Thai silk. I love it. Yeah. If that doesn't brighten yeah. your day, I don't know what will, but <laughs> <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Christopher, listen, <clears throat> we talked a bit offline, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me. As I'm losing my voice, I'm going to clear my throat. <clears throat> Where did that come from? We talked a bit offline uh, about all that's going on. We don't have to name names. We know what's happening. And we talked about all of the people that are clearly in crisis, suffering, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. You are not only an author, obviously, you are a health and wellness practitioner, you're a medical intuitive, you are a healer, and you conduct healing sessions. I know y'all that are familiar with Mr. Macklin's work know that every single day he's healing. You're channeling medium. I would be remiss if I didn't have a conversation with you about how we apply your wonderful spirit, your wonderful perspective on how we go about addressing the mental uh, stress, the anxiety, the emotional trauma. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to answer the question right now, but this is what we're going to be talking about, guys. But there's a spin we're going to put on it. Is there a paranormal influence I say paranormal broadly because I don't know if that's really the right word rather than is there perhaps a non-human influence to how and why mental ailment, emotional ailment and stress has been exacerbated above and beyond the obvious things that clearly would put us there. 
just let, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw that question out and then we're going to go into the, the how and the why and the what maybe. Is that fair? Absolutely. <laughs> so your answer would be is in terms of, are, are we dealing with something esoteric as well as exoteric? Uh, both. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this world is in a complete mess. I think if people don't know that, I don't know what to tell you, but it's, it's, I call it barking mad. It's just crazy at the moment. And I think people, it's, it's taken them way outside the box, uh, where they're getting into a place where they feel very uncomfortable. Uh, they're people who are ingesting a lot of emotion, tons and tons of emotion, way too much for a human being. So, what happens is that uh, over a period of time, your vibration, you know, your vibration is dropping, you're ingesting emotion. Now, where does the esoteric or off-planet element come in? Well, you can get attachments. And people say, well, I don't want to know about them. Well, they attach to you whether you want to know about it or not. You know, Anunnaki, Draconian, uh, Luciferian. And what happens is when these things attach, you know, for example... Uh, Anunnaki draconian sit in the abdomen, hang on the shoulders. So your shoulders are tight. They tap in your lower back. They damage your L4, L5 disc. They send you negative thoughts. And so you get these like thoughts like, oh, you're useless. Whatever you do, you're useless. Or maybe you shouldn't be here. You should commit suicide. And you get all these negative thoughts coming in on top of the problems you have to deal with. And uh, so that's the kind of off-planet, um, what do you call it, alien or, you know, uh, being attachment. You could also get Luciferians. They're very snarly. Um, and when they attach to you, uh, you can get contorted the body or like a raspy voice, you know, when they start speaking through your voice box. So these things are real. You know, I deal with them every day. And people say, nah, it can't be the case. Well, you know, I can't, I don't know what to tell you, but most people who are sick, who've got mental issues, have got some sort of attachment. So it's important to get rid of that because if you don't, they're going to suck on your energy. Uh, you know, we are uh, loose, you know, for these beings uh, and they just take your energy down and because they crash the abdomen. They affect your uh, intestines, they affect your adrenals, they affect your liver, so you get headaches and they obviously damage the L4, L5 disc, so you've got lower back issues. That's kind of sounded like mm, fibromyalgia, you know, things like this. So um, important to release them. But there's a big element of off-planet beings that are really influencing. Okay. Well, this is where I want to go. I really want to kind of dig into, again, the to the extent that we know, the how, the why, the how common. This is something that I've looked into just a little bit. I'm certainly not adept in terms of the, the specifics as you are. But the first question I would ask is, how common is it? Are we saying that most, maybe all individuals that are suffering particularly uh, a sustained a sustained mental or emotional illness, that it's coming from that? Or are there exceptions? How common is this? I think, uh, I would say, percentage of people on the planet who feel exhausted, tired, and, you know, down, have got an attachment of some sort. That would probably be right now, 98% of the people on the planet. Because there's way more of these beings than there are of us. You know, uh, they live under the planet. They're in the fourth dimension. So they're in a different time, same space. But they are, well, not in the same space, they're under the planet. But uh, they can come above the planet. They can switch in this dimension. But they can actually shapeshift as well. They can shape, change their shape. So, you know, you can have these beings amongst you and you think, oh, it looks human. Well, it's not, you know. Uh, so that's an important uh, 
thing to think about as well. I always remember a radio host and um, a very prominent radio host. I was doing healing and he said to me, he said, I don't understand. My wife's like tiny. And when she gets angry, he said, she just suddenly throws me across the room about 20 feet and slams me into the wall. How does she do that? I said, well, it's not her. She's got an attachment. So what happens with these beings is they can switch in this dimension in a quarter of a second, do something, switch straight out again. And you're looking back you think, wow, how did she do that? Well, it wasn't her. It was the 10-foot-odd attachment uh, that actually is, uh, uh, is attached to her. So it is an important element to look at. You don't hear stories like that too often, save for, you know, not, not to sound too uh, commercialized, but the exorcist, of course, you think of, you think of a classic possession where the individual is taken over by another uh, malevolent entity and able to do these superhuman things. You know, you talk about they're living under the ground. Generally speaking, guys, we're talking about, I'm going to call it, Chris, the non-human influence of which there's likely a spectrum. We can name the names. I don't know that it, it's important as much as the fact that they exist. There's still a lot of people that are like, no way, you got to be kidding me. But I think more, because more experiences are happening, more people are starting to relent to the fact that something is going on that's not human. Would you agree that, let's just say the last 18 or so months, there's been an uptick in this sort of activity, this, these, these attachments? And if so, two-part question, do you feel that perhaps a portal or even multiple portals may have been opened up either by them or by us or both? If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows. Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. Um, I think there's portals open up. I certainly think that these things are getting more controlling. Uh, you've got the draconians and anarchy, uh, draconian uh, agenda, uh, and of course, archons as well. Archons are beings that have actually no body. They just uh, they just float through dimensions, but they're part of this covenant uh, to kind of take over the earth and the human race. So why do they want to do that? Uh, it's because they want to come above. That's why they're trying to produce agendas to block out the sun and things, because these things can't breathe the level of oxygen that we do. So... If you block out the sun, kill the plant life off, they can come on the surface and start living on the surface, but they can't right now. That's why they're under the planet. But they're certainly, uh, for the last 18 months, you know, things have changed considerably because they want to control the human race. You know, we are loose. We're food for them. We're like cattle. They eat, you know, draconians and anarchy, especially draconians, they eat, you know, humans. They, they just do. So it's very interesting. And, of course, there's also reptilian hybrids that have been produced to infiltrate various factions on the planet uh, to be able to, you know, get in and start, you know, moving things and changing things like they've been doing, you know, what do you want to call it, deep state, every country. Uh, it's started to get taken over by these uh, bloodline, um, you know, reptilian hybrids. Hmm. 
this isn't the first conversation, obviously, uh, uh, intimating this sort of agenda won't be the last. Um, I don't know where, where we go from here, Chris. It's 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 obviously disturbing, and we we don't tend to do a ton of shows like this, but I think it's important because because of how ubiquitous mental stress. I don't want to say illness. I'm just going to call it stress. We are freaking stressed out today for good reason, and yet I feel that there is this other dimension that's in the mix that is escaping the uh, the thoughts of the people that are going through these things or their families that are going through these things. Um, you know, we talked very briefly about this Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened all the way back in January of 2020, uh, said to be a very uh, game-changing dynamic on planet Earth. Lots of people had the vision of this being the beginning of ascension, whatever that means, could be. However, in the act of the frequency of the planet accelerating and us with it, could our seeing more of these shenanigans happening be an effort to try to thwart ascension? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we need, um, again, you know, I was born on McKisdat being, you know, I talk to McKisdat beings all the time. You know, I sit on a federation that, you know, do actually police time space down here. And you need 8.7% of the people on this planet to uh, awaken. And I'm tr I'm not just talking about, oh, hang on, something's going on. I'm talking about where they've got this inner strength and we're stepping out. Uh, they feel amazing. You know, there's no attachments. Um, that to me is where, and you're back to your sovereign self. The whole point about me as a healer is to help you guys get back to your sovereign self. You know, I don't want to be your guru. You know, the day the guru's over, we're finished, you know. It's all about helping people get back because you are your own guru. And I think that to me is key, you know, getting that inner strength in everybody. They want to step out and do something because my belief is this planet is going to change uh, by the people, um, not by anything else. I really do. And I think, uh, you know, the, the Sanhedrin and the Black Sun and all these factions that are connected to those, uh, there's a fight between those two factions at the moment. Um, it's called Deep State, you know, and all the politicians are involved with it. You know, there's probably not one. And I don't get involved with politics. I, I'm truly, you know, people say, well, that's ridiculous. You know, you should really care about politics and follow them. Well, why? Because it's all hijacked. You know, everything's hijacked. Every single party, every single person. It's all about, you know, the dollar bill and everything else. Or power. So, or power. Yeah. I don't know. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And it kind of, it's creating separation, you know, and actually hatred. You know, it's, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and said, I can't believe the hatred in this world right now, you know, and you see it on Facebook. And it's just sad, you know, that uh, people, so I've, I've kind of encouraged people. And there's another faction of this, these channels as well you've got to be very careful when you look at a channel with say truth seekers and things go with the intuition does this feel right yes or no if it doesn't switch it off because there is a lot, a lot of these channels have got reptilian energy around them which means they become very addictive and if you're not careful you you know they'll give you the thing is about the reptilian to to send you off track they'll give you like three truths so they tell you the truth like you know three things and they'll give you one big lie. Now, because you think, wow, that's really good. Yeah, that's good information. Mm -hmm. You've, uh, the third truth, 
they give you one big lie. Oh, well, that must be true because, you know, the other things were true. And, and it's not, you know, they're, they're very clever. You know, they're mind controlling. But I think what's happening with the nation is that because of the amount of um, uh, emotion we're addressing, hundreds of thousands of layers, way too much for a human being. People are getting sick. Uh, they're getting uh, psychosis. Uh, they're getting anxiety, PTSD. How does that happen? Well, when you produce so much emotion, the glands in the brain that produce the GABA, serotonin, dopamine, they go off balance. So what happens is uh, the neurochemical balance is completely off. So you've got fight or flight, you know, you've got adrenaline flowing, uh, you've got PTSD, you've got ADHD, there's different forms of it, um, OCD, you know, and that's what's causing all these uh, problems. You know, like you're saying, other mental health issues, well, in a third dimensional world, that's what you call, but to me, it's, it's you know, it's, it's from all the stress of what's happening in this world right now, and I'm seeing it every day, you know. No question, no question. And, th and that's why I want to be careful not to assign the reason for the this rise in mental, uh, mental and emotional stress to one thing. I think it's a con it's a convoluted combination of things. Clearly, with all that's gone on, I would say that if you're someone who has just kind of sailed through without being affected at all, maybe you're not human. <laughs> We're all human, <laughs> right? But what's interesting, Chris, to me is so you've got sort of this this um, one thing feeding another. You have an event or a sustained event that has occurred. Uh, through this pandemic uh, that has clearly put people on edge in a state of fear, that fear indeed may have conjured even more entities that are helping to continue the mental and emotional stress so they can use it as sustenance, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So we're feeding it, they're, we're feeding, we're feeding, literally feeding the system. We're feeding the system, it sounds like. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of encouraging people because you, you've got to look at, okay, so, you know, you've got all this stuff going on outside. And the other thing about it as well, I think is really important is there's a lot of star seeds here at the moment. So star seeds, what are they? You know, well, this planet is not yours as a star seed. So you're sitting looking at, you know, how many people do I speak to every day? I don't recognize this place. I don't know why I'm here. Well, you know, A, it's not your planet. B, you probably don't recognize it. And C, um, you don't belong particularly because you don't think the way the human race do. So don't even try. What you need to do is learn to navigate this planet. And what we do is, and it, this is really important. I'd really think about what I'm saying because this is really important. And let me do an analogy. So human race, they're in the swimming pool. They're pooing and weeing. When you're looking in, do you want to dive into that, you know, poo and wee? Probably not, you know. So don't get in the cold room misery. Step on the outside. So you're on the outside of the um, of the swimming pool. And it's our job as starseeds to get yourself strong so you can help people and pull them out, wash them down, dry them off, and help them get back to their sovereign self. But you can only do that if you're on the periphery of this world. If you dive into the matrix, you're going to get so sucked under, you're going to drown in, you know, in the cauldron of misery uh, because, you know, all starseeds are really empathic, like severely empathic. And so you get affected. And again, the second thing is you've got to set boundaries as well. Uh, you can't, you know, in this world, you can't be a people pleaser. You've got to set boundaries. If people try and project uh, their emotion on you, you've got to stop it and don't allow them because they'll suck the life out of you. There's a lot of projection going on right now. Absolutely. And boundaries are really important, you know. Absolutely. Drawing that line in the sand 
you speak of the empathic individual, I have a feeling there were a lot more than maybe even realize. I consider myself one. I always say I don't wear it with a badge of honor. It is what it is. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And for those of us who carry that sort of attribute, if you will, here's a question. You say we're on the periphery or we need to stay on the periphery, I suppose. What would be our first line of protection since we have a proclivity of drawing in the emotions from others uh, and and be, with so many emotions being so topsy-turvy? I know I've been on a roller coaster emotionally and there are times and I know it's not mine. What does one do, Chris? What do we well, do? I think, I think what you got to do is um... – you're going to get in a situation where you're going to probably, as you raise your, I, you know, I see it every day. People raise the vibration. Well, all my friends are running a mile. Why is that? Because you're not reacting to all the blah, blah, blah that they're projecting on you. You know, you're starting to think differently. You're getting stronger. And so they're not getting that, you know, reaction that they used to get. So, oh, let's go and, let's go and bother somebody else with all my blah, 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 uh, because their projections on you aren't working. And I think, I think you have to be prepared to, a, get your vibration up. And again, if you want help from me, you know, we have the things three times a week. You know, it's by donation. If you have no money, please come on. It's okay. Um, it just helps release that emotion. We have a fast track method of doing it. But the second one is I think you've got to uh, look at your life and look at who's serving you, you know. Uh, and if people aren't serving you, you need to kind of get detached from them. And you need to get in a place where people really love you and get you, you know. I've just lost a really dear person who was part of the ministry, my, my, my wife's father. Uh, he was just an incredible being. He was actorian. Uh, he was like a rock. And by God, I miss him. He's the only person I have ever uh, opened my heart to, and he really got me. You know, And that goes father, mother, everything. And he was just such a loss to me. But the, you know, you're going to find a few people, a few friends. You'll only have a few, but hang on to them because they're going to be really dear and uh, everybody else who's just ran away that's okay you know uh, let them go i think it's really important to stay in a safe pace and look at things that really excite you because you know it's easy to get malaise where oh, well you know what do i do to do don't know what to do tonight you know find things that really excite you. we love food and we lost interest in food in the last few months because you know, you think, what do you want for dinner tonight? And actually, nothing sounds good. But, you know, we've got it back by doing our own food. And the reason for that is, I think, because one of my gifts is I can smell things from, you know, probably 200, you know, 200 yards away. And, you know, my sense of taste is really heightened. So, so when I go out to a restaurant, uh, if you've got a good chef, that's great. But what happens if, you, you know, the sous chef has maybe been on drugs and he's getting off them? That's fine. But he starts preparing the food. I can smell uh, that energy and I can smell it, you know. And when they bring it out, with it, I, I can't eat that, you know. So mm -hmm. I've, instead of complaining to restaurants, because it's not their fault, you know, it's not their fault at all. They're doing their best. And in fact, one of the restaurants does an amazing job of taking people on programs and putting them in the kitchen. The problem is I can't eat food there because it makes me sick, you know. I, I physically, well, I can't eat it, you know. So, <laughs> so we just go and have a beer there, you know, uh, because... You know, so you've got to learn your heightened gifts as well and see what serves you and what doesn't. Interesting. Uh, hmm. But but look at your gifts as well. And, you know, things you enjoy, like if you enjoy painting or if you if you enjoy cooking or, you know, if you just enjoy going in nature, you know, hugging trees. We've got a beautiful tree at the back of this building called Sophia. She's beautiful, 200-year-old. She's a maple. And 
I, she's so symmetrical. Oh my goodness, what a tree! She's absolutely gorgeous. That gives you joy. You got to find new I things that give you joy. And, and it's not money. It's not cars. It's not all this stuff. It's 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 to me, it's nature and beautiful things. You see the smile on my face, right? I'm going to smile right at the camera because my audience knows <laughs> how much I love nature. I've talked about, you've got your Sophia. Yeah. I have my yin, Y-I-N. She is my beauty. Oh, I grew up with her. She is in the probably northwest part of our garden, back garden, and she is my confidant. And I could cry right now because that's why I'm smiling because I'm like, ditto, ditto, ditto. Yes, <laughs> guys, the appreciation for simplicity and that which we know, we don't know what is organic versus synthetic these days. But one thing we know for sure, if we go outside and be with nature, it doesn't get any more organic than that. She yeah. is not just alive or it is not just alive, not it, he, she is intelligent and wise and there for us got to take advantage of it. I've really gotten a lot closer to the natural world in the last uh, close to two years than I ever have. Oh, we have as well. I mean, we, we bought 20 minutes from here. We've got a 40 acre site. We put some cabins on so we can go down there and I can do most sessions from there. It's a the middle of nowhere. So just in case things go south, we can go down there. But What's interesting is sometimes you feel like a tight chest or, you know, you feel a little angsty. You go down there, it's surrounded. I mean, 40 acres full of trees, you know, just all mm -hmm. trees. So if you sit down there by the fire pit, after 15 minutes, you can feel the trees just absorb that energy and take it off you. And you just feel, oh, wow, it's just beautiful. I think it's so important for people, you know, no uh, to find, get back to nature and get back to uh, Mother Earth because she's a being in herself and, uh, you know, so here's a question I have for you, Christopher, because we want to, we want to, certainly I want to fold in these beautiful elements, but it seems like we're in this tug of war with the, with the positive and the not so positive, the paranormal aspect, the non-human influence in what seems to be wreaking havoc on us. You talk, we're talking about nature. You said earlier that these, some of these beings may in fact be inhabiting beneath terra firma, beneath our feet, now you talk about, and I've thought about this before, not only that ha possibly being the case, but all of the electromagnetic uh, negative activity going on. And yet we in this community often talk about things like earthing or grounding. I have heard discussions, not a lot, but certain individuals saying, mm, we may want to be careful with grounding and earthing these days because of what's going on beneath our feet. What are your thoughts on that? Is it actually helping or knowing what we think we know now is it not i think it's helping i mean the planet is our own being you know the planet's a being within itself you know um, and therefore i think grounding to this planet which is part of our you know heritage i think is a great thing does the energy change below it well of course you know but i think also the to me the 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 biggest uh I wouldn't call it threat. The biggest problem with all these beings is there's way more of them than us. Now, their vibration is low. They're on this planet. So think about this. If you want to get to the fifth dimension and ascend, it's going to be a collective. The problem with God is that we've got a collective of them as well. You know, they're mixed in. So how are you ever going to get to the 5D when all these reptilian beings are on the planet? Uh, what do we do about that? 
The answer is that uh, we have a project to uh, help uh, relieve the planet of these beings. How do we do that? Well, and don't forget, it's not about karma. This is about raising the vibration through the ley lines, which have been blocked. You know, uh, we all know they've been blocked by symbology, by uh, uh, in archons, uh, Luciferians, everything else. So the, the energy flow around the planet is really uh, struggling right now. So if you put some uh, Stargate kind of things on the ley lines to inject so much energy that it flushes these things out, the, end, the vibration of the planet would raise to a level where these beings can't stay here because they can only stay on low vibrational uh, terms. You know, if it goes to fifth dimension, they can't stay here. So uh, really it's kind of like a cleansing exercise and they have the, you know, the choice well. You know, redeem yourself and get yourself a good vibration or leave the planet or whatever. So, you know, that's our pyramid project to bring pyramids down here so it can actually help, uh, you know, shift the planet's vibration and cleanse it of a lot of the satanic beings that are really manipulating humanity, you know. Hmm. We're actually going to be talking about this a bit. Uh, a bit more guys we're um, not done with the main show yet but please join us for the patreon after show because we're going to go a little bit deeper on this whole reptilian agenda like it or not like it believe it or not believe it there's just a there's too much out there in the literature as well as the voices like christopher macklin that are talking about it so i hope that you will join us for the patreon after show we'll talk about that a little bit more later but anyway continuing on you know <clears throat> You, you're touching on some themes that I wanted to bring up, namely dimensional shifting. You know, when this whole thing started back in March of 2020, the first inclination I got trying to sort of feel into the energy of what was happening, I, and I've said this on the air before, I had this sense that our planet was moved to another, I didn't use dimension, I said galaxy or another part of the galaxy. I felt, and I don't mean this figuratively, I literally felt a sense that there, that we were lifted and sh lifted and shifted. We were lifted and shifted. Yeah, shifted. Um, just a feeling thing. I have no facts to back it up. I just, because I'm empathic, I'm extraordinarily sensitive, like many of you. <clears throat> I got that sense. I heard a conversation recently uh, in which the idea of our planet moving in us with it into or, or up the dimensional ladder, if you will, if you look at it from a hierarchical standpoint. But what the person said is before you get to 5D, you got to pass through the fourth dimension. And if in the fourth dimension is where these beings are largely inhabiting, could yeah. that, in fact, it, it maybe is it not that they're coming here, but that we're passing through their territory? What do you think about that? Well, we are passing through the fourth dimension. I mean, What's interesting is the, the veil between the third and the fifth dimension is getting closer and closer. Um, but you like, like you say, I think we'll pass through it a lot quicker. Uh, I think we'll transcend there. But we'll, the problem is people talk about ascension. Oh, well, you know, we're almost there. You know, there's 80% of the people on the planet awake and, and think, are you sure we're on the same planet? Because I'm not seeing it. I really don't, you know. And, uh, I, I, you know, I at the moment... If I ask them accuse that beings, you know, I don't even really know much about them accuse that beings, but they kind of police time space. Uh, I actually chair the federation that, you know, looks after, you know, a lot of the third dimensional world with two other accused that beings, lots of beings involved with that. 
you know, and, you know, it's to police, it's to police violation versus education. There's a very close call between violation and education. Now, if you come down here, you think, well, hang on, you've got all these, you know, you've got all these reptilians and everything else attaching to you. Is that okay? Well, you knew that was going to happen before you get here. So is that a violation of education? And the answer is it's an education because you've got to learn to detach them, get your vibration because these things can't get near. You know, when you get your vibration, uh, you know, uh, above a certain level to what I call the God space. Now, to me, the God space, you're leaping out of bed, you're excited for the day, you've found your passion, you've got a burning fire inside and you're doing it, you know, and you get so excited for the day. That to me is the God space, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, you've got God in your life and you've surrendered and things happen. You know, I when, when I really surrendered, this ministry's taken off, you know, way beyond I thought it would ever do. You know, we've got 10 staff, we're doing things and, and I love it, you know, I really do. So you find your passion. Um, that's, you know, that's really important. But, um, you know, there's 2.4% of people on this planet awake right now. So it's not very much. We're going to get to 87 But, you know, when people say, oh, there's 60% awake, we're not really there. But, you know, maybe it depends on the definition of awake. Maybe they're judging by, oh, people are starting to realize, hang on, there's something wrong with this picture, you know. Uh, it doesn't feel right, but you know who knows. Uh, but only I'm talking about awake, where they're in the God space and they're really doing things, and you know they're helping raise the vibration of the planet by having their vibration right up there. But of course, when your vibrations up here, these negative beings or low vibrational beings, because you because your energy feels so big, they can't even get within fifty feet of you, mm-hmm. and they can't touch you. And that that to me is key. Otherwise, we have. Uh, I don't like the word prayer, but maps of intent or prayers to protect yourself every day to keep these things out. Because if you don't, they will reattach. You know, um, it's crazy. Go go a little deeper into that, if you would. These prayer protection prayers. I mean, we've heard of these sorts of things before, but I think yours is a little bit different. I got a chance to see <laughs> one of your healing sessions that you did on Labor Day. Maybe we can link that. We're going to link your channel. Christopher, because you've got so many and they've got a great, you've got a great following. No, no surprise at all. But would you be willing to give us a little sample of a, a protection prayer? To, yeah, so, called it? Is that what you refer yeah, to? A protection prayer or a map of intent. A map so of we, intent. Okay. The most powerful prayer we have uh, inside the website uh, is the 27 esoteric Merkabah field prayer. And it goes like this. So, First of all, I always recommend people when they do a prayer, ground themselves. So I am of God, and I define God as God, God as prime creator of all it is. So I am of God. I ground myself to the earth. Dear God, I command that you create 27 esoteric Merkabah fields around me with my sacral point in the center of Merkabah fields to protect me from any negative entities fractals thereof, manipulations and transmissional frequencies that are not for my highest good through all space-time continuum in every dimension. And so we thank you, God, send you unconditional love, so be it. So it's a well-balanced prayer. Very nice. You work a lot with the Merkaba. Am I looking at that behind you? Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, that's the uh, flower of life, but we've also got... Or flower of life. Yeah, Let's yeah. take a look at that again. The flower of life. <laughs> the yeah. And you also talked about the Melchizedek, which I haven't 
uh, heard for a while. Talk about your work with that. The the for the audience that doesn't for part of the audience that doesn't know, explain what the Mel- Melchizedek is. Well, the Melchizedek beings are from the ultimate dimension, so the infinite dimension, which is ever expanding. They sit with the prime creator when this. The Mechizedek beings got involved. When they created this third-dimensional world, the Mechizedek beings evolved with that creation. And there was uh, a number of Mechizedek beings who basically attended, like, uh, if you want, for a better word, schooling, to actually come down here in periodic times to actually police the time space and help, you know, do things. And obviously, Mechizedek beings do that. So do Actorians, so do, you know, the Pleiadians different, you know, starseed families are down here now kind of helping. So, you know, I've come back various times. And to me, you know, um, the most important times I think that we've come down is within the last 4,000 years because uh, it's happened quite a lot. Because if you come down, like, for example, 2,000 years ago and you you do things, uh, now is very different than 2,000 years ago. So, you know, you come back a few times, uh, get used to the way the planet is uh, before, and you know, to me that was a training for the now, because this is it. You know, this is why we've actually trained for the last four thousand years to help transition uh, this uh, conundrum of what do you call it, mess, <laughs> insanity, and silence. Insanity, yeah, absolute. Yeah. So. But it's take a bit because you've got to get used to how the planet functions and you've got to get used to the emotions. And so that's why a lot of starseeds have come back a number of times over the last 4,000 years. But now is it, you know. So, this is it. I mean, this the other it. thing we do, we actually police time space because if you think about it, in the third dimensional world, in this dimension, if you put too many portals out, so, you know, there's instruments that can create like millions of portals. If you think about it, it's like a football, you know, so the earth is within a football uh, of of air and everything else and vibration. If you put too many holes in that football, you're going to change the time-space continuum, and that Mm. means our bodies wouldn't exist if if it was altered too much. So uh, we do police it and make sure these things are closed periodically so that, you know, and then they open them up again uh, with various instruments to make sure that the time-space continuum is 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 balanced down here so human race can actually live down here, basically. So you believe that the time-space continuum has been tinkered with, yes? Oh, yeah, I mean, time's been tinkered with, but the time-space, the vibration down here can alter because, you know, if you're in a third-dimensional world in a particular dimension, you know, or density, whatever you want to call it, um, if that's altered too much um, and there's too many portals coming from seventh dimension, tenth, whatever, then that can change the time space and the vibration is too high where people couldn't exist down here. So it has to be policed, you know, because of course there's there's things manipulating all the time. Right. That's an interesting way of looking at it because of the portals into other dimensions, which they say live right alongside of us or maybe even nestled one within the, the other. I don't know, but that could be influencing the erratic behavior or the nature of time, no time, space, no space, you know. Oh, yeah. What you're Absolutely. Saying. Okay. But also, I think the time markers were altered. There's time markers in the universe where I think they've stretched them. So it's like, you know, I don't have an elastic band, but, you know, it's like having two two sticks, elastic band, if you stretch this time marker and take it out, 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 you can stretch it so far and that's it. And so what happens is that it manipulates time. So if you think about taking, you know, undoing this time marker, if you undo the elastic band, 
time starts to catch up with itself, so it goes faster and faster. And I think that's what happened now, because there's only probably 14 hours in a day, maybe 15 hours. There's not 24 hours in a day, because I often say to people, well, yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, my day feels like 10 hours or something. Well, that's exactly what it is, although the clock says 24 hours. Uh, true time is, you know, I mean, it doesn't hmm. exist anyway, but but uh, what's happened is that, you know, because time has sped up, it's going through the day a lot faster uh, than it was before. That's probably the easiest way of explaining it, I think. It, yeah, that's a bit of a mind twister for a lot of folks, but I know that people have been talking about this sense of time speeding up of all ages. And people say, oh, well, they say as you get older, time goes quicker. Mm, I think we're all kind of feeling it on some level, but more now. This reminds me, oh, time, course. numbers, got to ask you, Christopher, about the repeating number phenomenon and how, if at all, it may be connected to all that we've been talking about. Everyone's talking about it. We're way beyond 11-11, folks. That's there, too, but it's everything. For me, it's 55, probably five, six times a day, 22, 333. You know what I'm talking about. What, what are your thoughts on this phenomenon? Well, numerology is important. There's satanic numerology and there's, you know, there's um, Christed numerology. And, you know, I always do just, I always work with multiples of three. That's why if you look at our website, if we sell anything, it's always, you know, if you add the numbers up, they always add up to three, six, nine, whatever it is, multiples of three. Because that's, you know, that to me is the Christ conscious. Anything else is, you know, uh, yeah, but. I know there's a lot of numerology that people look at. Um, I just really focus on the Christed numerology. Okay, I understand that. But what I'm asking you is that individuals that weren't normally even paying attention to this are being bombarded with repeating numbers mm. now more than ever. Where is that coming from? Well, I think there's. Uh, it depends what numbers they're getting, but I've I've seen people get bombarded with like satanic numbers. And uh, what would be sat think, satanic numbers? Give me an example of that. Besides six six six. Well, six six six. Again, you know, it's interesting because six six six. If you look at it, is it's multiples of three. So, is it satanic? Well, it depends on your perspective. It, it's it's like, and you know, I want to bring this up if I may. It, it's interesting, you know, like a pyramid or a pentagram. Is a pentagram dark or light? And the answer is, it. I think it depends what your intent and what your vibration is on it. Because we use the pentagram for manifestation. It's magi, which is because So you think, well, that's dark, but it's not because uh, the uh, the dark side, like Luciferians, use it with Luciferian symbology on, you know, the points. There's five points on it. They put Luciferian symbology on the points to change the vibration of those pyramids to manifest, you know, greed. We use Magi or um, Mechizlet, um, uh, you, you know, uh, letters to actually manifest from God. So, you know, again, it depends on intent, I think. So it's quite interesting. Depends on intent. Well, sure. I, I have always used the analogy of uh, water and fire. Water can quench your thirst or drown you. Fire can cook your food or burn you, etc. So I suppose at its base, it's neutral. And depending on how we choose to uh, use it for, for what whatever the influence is, I, I agree with you. 
We're yeah. probably going to wind down shortly before we go on over to the after show again. We're going to be talking about the reptilian influence going a little bit deeper over there. But in the same vein, I want to talk about the dreamscape. I think we talked about that very briefly offline, the dreamscape. People are having horrific dreams right now. Again, what we've been going through, what we continue to go through, is it any surprise? And yet, is there another influence? Dreamscape. People are talking about nightmares or having what? Some are calling sea dreams, <laughs> you know. Um, what are your thoughts on well, what's happening in our dream life broadly? Well, I think there's a few things. The first thing is because of a lot of emotion, uh, the good beings, uh, when you go to when you go to bed, you go to sleep, you know, your soul goes traveling. If you've got a lucid dream and it can be nightmarish, uh, it can be for good, and why is that? Well, because these beings can help you process your uh, emotion in the dream state. And because there's no time there, you can process a lot more emotion than down here. Now, they can be manipulated where, you know, if the reptilians try and get involved, they'll try and pull you over to a scenario where it's not good for you, you know. But again, it's always... It goes back to discernment. You've got to feel that it was that dream for my highest good, yes or no. And if it wasn't, then you know that you're being influenced. And again, the esoteric Merkabah field uh, will really help you get protected so you don't get influenced by off-planet beings. And I think that's really important. That's something to say at bedtime before you go to sleep, because then you're in, you know, a safe, you're in sacred geometry in a safe place, and they can't influence you. So when your soul goes traveling. Uh, it's normally so they start influences as as you just leave or when you're just coming back to the body. That's when they try and interfere. Ah, that's interesting. When when you're when you just leave or come back to the body. In other words, when you're just falling into sleep or just before waking up. That's very interesting, Christopher, for two reasons. I feel myself, and I this could be with most people that the most powerful dreams happen right after you go to sleep and particularly right before you wake up. Yeah. And also the hypnagogic state exists within that space, which is where I am typically my most lucid. So those are two very powerful times. Apparently that's uh that's Absolutely. quite interesting. So what, you know, so you're saying that there's something that an individual can do just prior to going to bed to sort of. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, before you go to bed, say the 27 esoteric Merkabah field prayer, that prayer we were talking about before, that'll really help you get protected. And we're also do, developing another instrument, which is just going to be a crystal. You know, I've got one here, actually. We've got some crystals, and we're going to actually do a meditation where it expands it, uh, so it puts you in a protection field around this crystal under the bed. And, show uh, we're show that crystal. Show, show yeah, that. absolutely. Okay, and what is that? I love crystals. Yeah, I know. Well, this is, you know, this is a pyramid. Um, it's, uh, and basically, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be programmed uh, with a blueprint of your DNA and expanded. So it'll be, in, you know, it'll create a field underneath your bed, around your bed, so you can actually be protected. So it's, uh, it's going to be really good. Just working on that at the moment. We're always looking at new instruments, but they're always, you know, using organic instruments like, you know, crystals and things like that. I never use machines, you know. I've been sent so many machines. Can you try this? Try that? No, you know, I only use God's healing or crystal structures or whatever, you know. 
What about the idea of Oregon energy? There's a lot of talk about that has been for quite some time and the power of Oregon of which, and people are creating instruments with Oregon. Oh yeah. Oregon's pretty good. Absolutely. Okay. But you know, they're, but they're still organic instruments. So I think I'm talking about, you know, electronic transmissional frequencies. One of the problems with these machines is that think about this. If you've got a machine and it's, it, it, if it works on intent, most people don't protect it. So what happens if you've got a great big reptilian that you can't see sitting here and trying to send intent? So you're trying to say, okay, put some vitamin C into this person's body, but the reptilian's overpowering and saying, hey, send some arsenic into their stomach. So it sends the vibration of arsenic and people get sick. And that's what happens a lot with biofeedback machines and things like that. Again, it depends on intent. Um, med beds will be the same. Uh, it depends on intent. And it also depends who built them, of course, as well. So... Um, it's going to be really interesting. Wow. So many different things. <laughs> it's it's a bit dizzying, but it's really helpful to know that we have assistance, whether from the natural world, as simple as going out and hugging your tree. Sounds goofy, but, and I do think along with all of the, the, the rest of Gaia, uh, the frequency accelerating, nature it's, you know, the elements of nature are accelerating as well. So perhaps there can be an even uh, quicker uh, transmission between us. And if we choose to talk to the trees or the plants or the dragonflies or whatever, that that veil, it seems to be uh, thinning for sure. Uh, let's take advantage of it, right? Let's take advantage of it. Absolutely. I love so. it. You know, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Bless you. I love it. Well, your smile is also very healing, by the way. Very, very healing. That's well, how we started life, our you know. call. That's how we started our yeah. call. Look at that smile of yours. That, and that, <laughs> that purple shirt. I love it. I love it. Christopher, what would you like to leave us with? And I also want to talk about your website and reiterate your your uh, weekly global healing meditations. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say that right now, that I'm going to have you close us out with the, some words of wisdom. Folks, go to globalenlightenmentproject.com to learn about the wonderful work of Christopher Macklin, the Global Healing Meditations, and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other stuff, things that you you had uh, talked about. Could Can we get the uh, the prayer, the be before bed prayer that you call, what did you call it? Can we get oh, that? Oh, yeah, the 27 Esoteric Merkabarfield Prayer. It's on the website. Just go oh. under prayers. They're all available. Oh, I love it. Um, That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's important. Perfect. They're all on the website. That will okay. really help, you know. I would encourage people, you know, I, I think there's no red pill or blue pill for all this. You know, mm -hmm. it's all about doing the work with yourself. I, you know, I see people all the time, well, you know, I've got off guys who want healing like within one session. It doesn't work like that. It took years to get there. It takes a little bit of time to get rid of it. But also the inner work as well to actually release the emotions that you've ingested from the lifetime because – like I say, if you're a star or empath like we are, and a lot of people are, um, you're going to ingest a, a ton of emotion. And even people who aren't ingesting a ton of emotion. And does that go straight away? No. Mm. And I think it's it's important to, you know, and if you want healing help from us, the good thing about the Mikuzdet beings, they kind of do psychic surgery. So what happens if you've got 100,000 layers of emotion? They look for your biggest emotion affecting you right now within that onion, and they pull that out. It's energetic, but as they pull it out, you can feel a tightness and a release. So they can do a lot of releases like 81, 162 in one go. If you go to a practitioner, they might poke at one or two layers, you pull your eyes out. If you've got 100,000 layers, you're going to be 26,000 years old before you even got rid of half of it. We 
kind of don't live that long. So, and I'm not putting practitioners down. You know, I think they do a brilliant job, but this is just a fast track method of releasing this emotion mm-hmm. and getting you your vibration back. Because of course, the heart chakra is one of the keys uh, to uh, to clear. You know. Wow. We have to invest the time in that spiritual work, whatever that looks like for you. And I agree with you. There really is no manual. I think one of the keys to ridding ourselves of this and moving on uh, to a, I don't know, higher vibration is having the faith within yourself. Part of the journey, I really believe, is doing it your own way and taking your time and being okay with not getting it right the first time. Insight. Insight within. So, well, it's, always, it's so easy to shame yourself. I think you know. Uh, I see yeah. people all the time. I remember when I was younger, I used to set like twenty tasks for the day. No one could ever do them, but oh, I'm going to do them. You know. So you set all these tasks, and you get out there, you come back, you've done four things. You think, well, that's ridiculous. You know, lie me, I'm useless. <laughs> and you know, nowadays I think, well, I'll do whatever I can do in the day, and if it doesn't happen today. We've got tomorrow or the day after, if I'm still here, of course. Right. And, you know, I don't ever shame myself anymore. I've learned to let everything go. I think one of the keys to all this is surrender. You know, I've surrendered completely. God's got your back. Why are you worried about this planet? Because God's got our back. And, you know, if you start worrying, all you're doing is manifesting a demise for both you and the collective as well. So if you take a step back, I think, wow, wow, God's got our back. I'll just continue with my work. I'll find my passion. And it's something you said, actually, which is really interesting, I think, is that that goes with gifts as well. I see too many people getting used to somebody else's uh, understanding of mm-hmm. how modalities work. Now, the because that is very different. You know, how long did it take me to learn these gifts? Uh, four years, six hours a day of meditation. It was a long time. And they showed me cause and effect. They showed me how things work, showed me portaling systems, showed me everything. And it was an extraordinary time, but I, I put the work in. And I think, you know, if you use somebody else's somebody else's modality, A, it might not quite be correct, but B, it might not be in keeping if you're a starseed with your starseed's family way of working because they want they might say, well, yeah, but I want you to work in a different way and I want to show you, oh, no, I'm using this modality. Well, okay, well, you know, and they won't push you, you know. So to me, it's really uh, important, I think, to put in the work, to understand your gifts through lucid meditation, transcendental meditation, whatever you call it, you know, and learn your gifts because that's what you do. That's not, you know, somebody else's. That's I think that's really important. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm just going to repeat what you said, maybe in a different way, but part of the journey of growth is exploring, investigating, and improvisation I uh, I said, uh, was saying to someone the other day, I was trained in transcendental meditation with my parents when I was 13 years old, wow. <laughs> which is a little strange, but nonetheless, that's my life. Um, and I remember the, the teacher saying, now, Alexis, don't tell anyone your mantra. And even at that age, I had the gumption to say, huh, I'm going to tell everybody because it doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> I did it my own way. I, I'm not. I'm not at all uh, uh, criticizing TM, but I just felt implicitly that this was mine to develop my own way. The TM TM gave me the springboard to 
take the journey in different directions. And to this day, I'm trying different approaches in meditation, none of which I read. I take them in intuitively. I get the directions intuitively. Um, some of them I've shared, some of them I keep to myself. I think that's just important to do. There's an improvisational, and, and maybe it's not improvisational. Maybe we're getting directions from our, if we're starseeds, from our starseed origin, not oh, realizing yeah. it. Right? So, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. Plus, that's the thing about downloads. You know, you think, how on earth did I know this? And these things are just there. You know, you just, just know there. them. And it's, a, it's incredible. Yeah, there's a blueprint, I think, that we're that we're acting on without our even realizing that it's a blueprint. We're just doing it. So maybe that's what intuition is. It's actually our individual, well, it's our individual blueprint. So absolutely. Ah, oh, could talk about this stuff forever, journeyers, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure to have you. And I know it won't be the last time. If you'll grace us with your presence again, we'd love to have you back, Christopher Mack. Alexis, I would love to. Bless your heart. Thanks for Yay. having me so much. Thank you. It's been absolutely wonderful. It's it's great. And we're going to continue this conversation. We are going, yes, to the Patreon official after show. We're going to be talking about reptilians. Going to be talking about reptilians. Listen, I'm going to put this plug in uh, again. Are you familiar with QHHT and Dolores Cannon, Christopher? Yes. Okay. We're doing some great work with uh, QHHT right now. And in fact, we're developing a scholarship to be able to help folks do QHHT QHHT training if they so choose. So uh, Patreon helps us with that. So I do hope that you'll consider uh, joining our Patreon, listening to and watching a bunch of after shows and a whole bunch of other things that we got over there for you. So come on over, join us, will you? That's where we're going right now to talk about other stuff, deep stuff. All right. Okay. Christopher, thank you. Hang with me. We're going to open the door and go over there right now. But for now, I'm going to say ta-ta, journeyers. I love you. Thanks so much for joining us for this incredible show with Mr. Christopher Macklin. Bless you. Love you all. <laughs>